a lot of choices, uncomfortable. One choice, comfortable. I so agree with you. So the whole process you. of narrowing it down makes it comfortable. The, the fact that you had a bunch of choices is uncomfortable. So that's why you have to narrow it down. Why don't think you had to narrow it down because you're uncomfortable? A, it's like there's a difference between narrowing it down going, all right, well, those those three, though, that's not really a good idea. That, oh, that's too much. Oh, that's not me. You know, and then being like, this is too much to fucking handle. Okay, um, I'm going to do this. Okay. This is too oh, much yeah, to fucking handle. Okay. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this. Okay. This is too much to fucking handle. Okay. Welcome to Across the Aisles. Okay. There are a lot of podcasts meant to give you a story, to give you expert advice, or to deliver your political ideology in an easily digestible digital pill. Our aim is slightly different. A podcast born out of the pleasure of conversation. We are three friends living on a slowly sinking peninsula drinking kava, and inviting you to join in on our musings. We try to go with the conversation more than construct the conversation. Our conversations cover current events, technology, politics, art, entertainment, and much more, as points used to expand on our larger theme each week. Sometimes we reach the heights of Socratic dialogue, or we are just talking shit, and of course we repeat ourselves, usually the latter. My name is Adam. My name is Zach. And I'm Casey. This is Across the Aisle. Sometimes we crowd it, sometimes we cross it. Freedom and choices, essentially. Um, the original idea behind this was I recently um, got some new responsibilities at my job, and I went from having a very structured setup to having a very open setup. So basically, the job is what I make it. And the problem with that is I f- I'm finding myself more, um, I'm finding myself more crippled by the, the the impure amount of choices that I have. I go into a situation like, I don't know what to do, whereas before, I knew exactly what I needed to do, I went in and I did it. So now that it's up to me, I'm finding it very hard to make a lot of decisions, and it's getting a little frustrating. So I was talking to Adam about this a little bit, and, um, you know, that became the idea for kind of this loose idea of a... Of a episode essentially are you a shift worker adam or are you more like a a set schedule kind of worker like at your job not um not what uh, you would prefer but right, like right, right. as you are currently I, I have a relatively set schedule but that's somewhat because of um my my work allows has a decent amount of flexibility to it so to a degree i'm allowed to set what I would prefer and they kind of in like I, I set a wider parameter than my actual preferences and they work within that um, so you're given a certain set of choices within parameters yeah definitely okay, so he, let me give you a scenario let's say that I come in on your work and they're like okay you get to decide how you think is best to sell product go well so that's interesting to say. All right, so that that makes us. I'm kind of in your boat, actually, Kaysen. Um My work is not structured. You know, I've I, I talk. We talk about it all the time. I work at a grocery store, but it's not structured quite the same as your standard supermarket. It's pretty different than your standard supermarket, and even different from a lot of other smaller stores. Um, we are to a large degree or at least on paper and in idea allowed to do that um and it kind of seems like an attractive part of the job but it does the parameters sometimes feel kind of stifling um or to the same degree it is also really hard to decide if you've never done anything like that like how do you just go about figuring it out um so in my job at times I really enjoy that and I really enjoy that aspect of freedom and in other times it's kind of it brings me anxiousness um and in other times I feel like it's not even true um and I'm like ah I don't actually have the freedom to go do this if I wanted to well that's the that's the idea is that to a certain extent we have a level of freedom within parameters. Right. True 
the ability to make choices, any choice that you actually want. In most cases, you can deal with a couple, but when you are given the ability to just do whatever you want, then we start to create our own parameters and our own structures to work within. Because it's just very hard just to be like, I'm just gonna do whatever. Like, it makes a lot of people uncomfortable. It makes me terribly uncomfortable. I need to know what my goals are, you know, what what, what structures do I need to work within? What are my constraints? What, like, what my budget? Do I have access to this? Do I have access to that? I need to know all these things, and then I can kind of work within those constraints. But if you say just do it, and I have to figure that out, it's very, very um, disconcerting. Yeah, so I, um... It reminded me when yeah when we were talking about this it reminded me of that an old RSA animates video I had seen um, the paradox of choice and it's a lot more political uh, leaning and you know takes that form of analysis rather but it, it was kind of similar to what you're saying and it gives us the example of supermarkets funny enough um, and how they have so many choices for ketchup or for salad dressings or you know and then how the more choices there are studies have shown this that the more choices there are the less satisfied people are with their choice when they make it which is interesting well, um the, the issue I have with that comes into the philosophical construct, or the psychological and philosophical idea of, like, ownership, where after you make that choice, and I mean, we're specifically talking about, like, commodities in this scenario. In this scenario, but I think, like, Kaysen's is... No, I know what Kaysen's yeah. saying, but, like, step by step, because I don't necessarily agree. I know, I know, you have this, you've had a look on your face. Yeah. And it's when it comes to commodities, I don't think that as many people experience or that that's a good enough example. Because what I was trying to get with was the internal structure of how you are. Because if you're someone who has a generally set schedule where usually the days you work and the times you go into work are about the same, they might change by you might come in an hour earlier, you might oh, take I'm a definitely, later shift. Definitely, I'm, I'm like that. Yeah. But Jason's very much like that. Yeah, you're going to be working, you know, Monday, you're going to work Tuesday, you're going to work Thursday, you're going to work Friday, you might work Saturday. Like, whatever your schedule is, whether it's work or school, me being somebody who works in the service industry, I can work whatever day I want. If I want to go into work at 10 in the morning on a Thursday, I can do that. If I want to work... Well, if you're scheduled that, right? Well, I mean, yeah, but the thing is, I can just ask, like, oh, hey on this day, can you have me do this? And I can kind of make my schedule whatever I want. And if, oh, well, somebody else has already scheduled that. Oh, okay, cool. I can just walk over to that person and go, oh, hey, is it cool if, you know, you take my Wednesday and I take your Thursday? Yeah. And then... Oh, I can do that, too. We have a great digital app that allows yeah. us to do it. I get that. But then when it comes down to free time, do you guys have, like, a set schedule for, like, oh, I have this amount of free time, so I'm going to do this. Like, outside of the podcast, like, whether it be Adam's collage art or Kaysen's photography or my video games, we all have, like, our own little free time things. Like, do you schedule, like, I am going to do art? No, but this is something Kaysen and I have talked about. I feel like it probably would be a little helpful. It's not really how I create personally, but I kind of enjoy scheduled Fun activities, um, especially the older I get, because um, I definitely the majority of my life, yeah, worked like you very erratically. Like sometimes work in overnight diners and stuff. Sometimes working the like you know yeah. come in at midnight shift, and sometimes working the come in at six a.m. shift. Yeah. Uh, but like I mean, the the pod, yeah, the recording for me is like super fun, and I do view it as a leisure activity yeah. to a large degree, um, which is great. And I think the fact that it's scheduled helps me enjoy it a little bit more. No, I get that because you have that idea yeah. of, oh, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. But, but, oh, but also, so I'm going on vacation later um, in the week where Elizabeth and I are driving up to Tennessee and I switched around my week and stuff um our friend george is coming in town and gonna play a show so i'm gonna do some live art yeah. during that and 
I feel really weird. Normally, Wednesdays on which we record are my Fridays. Today, it's my Monday. I just had two days off, and I came into work. I completely forgot we were recording this until at, like, 5 o'clock, Elizabeth was like, oh, you're recording today, right? <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. Um, and, yeah, I feel really thrown off. My week feels really strange. I feel discombobulated. Uh from that sudden but change. that's a matter of individual structure and how humans inherently seek structure, not the choices you made. Did you make did, that that choice to flip around those days, which days you flipped around and how you, you know, worked around your schedule and how you contacted George and worked all these things out, was that daunting? Because you had an infinite, hypothetically, an infinite amount of times you could have talk to George about exactly what time you were going to talk or exactly what time he was going to go on and exactly were you daunted with oh well you know it's probably best if you come on Saturday and you do this well a lot of that was actually given to me George was like hey I want to come on this date um Okay, so what do you want? Your life is filled with constraints that you don't consider. I think that one of the things about living in this country, living under the system that we do live in, is this idea that you have all this choice. And at the end of the day, to a certain extent, you don't. The the amount, the things that I do, the things that I enjoy, a lot of them are constrained by the amount of money that I make, the situation that I'm in, the uh, my ability to go in and out of a place, or my ability to go in and out of a certain situation. There are constraints all around us even down to the like what my favorite food is is there's a certain set of constraints of you know where i grew up and how i grew up that made that my favorite food if i was like really 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 super wealthy and i had the ability to go anywhere i wanted and do anything i wanted like then i would have no constraints and that is true choice but I the thing is, the, those, choices, those choices don't go away just because you can't do them. Just because I can't go build a giant robot doesn't mean that I can't also choose to go try to build a giant robot. So I'll fail horribly, but it's still a choice that exists in the infinity of choices that exist. Sure. Um, so this actually, I haven't, I haven't read um, existentialist uh, thought in a, a while. Like, actually read it. Um, um, it's all about but, that absurdism, man. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it remind our conversation is actually really reminding me of what I remember of uh, Sartre. Um, <laughs> specifically, what you... No, for real, yeah. though. Like, no, what I you know. said, Jason, I, uh, the strongest thing I ever read by him, the quote that I try to, like, remind myself all the time is, uh, I think it's, freedom is what you do with what has been done to you. Yeah. Um, and, like, that's what, like, that's a really good way of summing that up. And it has, like, some deep... Uh, thoughts because there is a freedom um, but it is always constrained but that's um, my point. and that constraint helps um, to a large degree and I think that like when looking at the situation and look and like understanding you know what Zach is trying to say the issue that I have is that it's one of these things that puts the onus on the person as opposed to looking at society as a whole like if, if you're a failure, it's because of everything that you're doing and not, in some cases, a structure that's built around Because you. of a choice you failed to make. A choice you failed to make or choice you And made. whether or not that's true, it's, yeah, I see what you're, yeah, it's so the psychological it's, 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 impact It's, it's, it's both, you know, you do have choices, but then there are also different things that you don't really have a lot of control over. And as opposed to trying to change the system to be better so that you do have those choices, people are like, I'm a failure. I, I completely agree with you. The difference is just because you people aren't actively looking at their choices at every second of their waking moment trying to evaluate every single choice doesn't mean that they go away when you stop thinking about what choices you could do that day. When you wake up every morning, you could choose to not go to work, but most people just wake up, get dressed, oh yeah, pick up. No, but that's my point. Is you're I... always flooded with the infinity of choices. Just because you're not thinking of it doesn't mean they go away. But just if you're not thinking about them, do they exist to you? Yes. They always exist. No, do they exist to you? Your no. perception is your reality. I don't so think if you're they not do. thinking about them, it doesn't matter if they exist because they don't exist to you. actively thinking about them. Right. That's what I said, actively thinking. So actually, so Zach, um, I have experienced that. Um, something I experienced for, I mean, it's hard to... 
actually quantify this because um, it's like a overall feeling. Um, but I experienced that kind of anxiousness in my life for a good two years or so where I constantly did feel about personal choices in my life. And I mean, it was awful. It was a depression. Yeah, absolutely. That I was going to make the wrong decision, had made the wrong decision, had yeah. already veered off course and, you know, yeah, was, yeah, on, I could yeah. never, like, I had missed some opportunity years or years ago to do something that was put me where I was supposed to be, um, and... Oh, yeah, that one, it, that one dude at the diner you were working at was actually a, 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 a world-class person who's been working in museums specifically in collage art and if you just showed him your art you would be in France right right now right there was something like like that but and it also the main thing after that getting past that and breaking through that awful stage in my life um the main thing I realized what happened during that was paralyzation um I didn't do so many things because I was completely consumed with and these were a lot of the, the time thoughts about what you could possibly be doing. Yeah, and a lot yeah. of the time it was really simple stuff. Oh um, no, yeah. Like I didn't go to people's houses, um didn't go to parties or like, you know, um the park or whatever or I skipped yoga class, you know, just because of those kind of thoughts and uh Yeah, I mean that was, I think mean, like I don't feel like that was uh commodifying. It actually um, what do I mean commodifying? What I mean by what I was saying with like, you're, you always have that infinity of choice. Like at any moment, you have an infinity of choices of what if you can you, do. Yeah, but it's the realizing it can either be liberating or paralyzing, really paralyzing. Yeah. That's what I think I'm, I'm leaning more towards is that I think it usually once is you paralyzing. you focus in on it, there's a lot of really amazing things you can do when you focus like, I can do all these things. So I just got to figure out how to go about doing. But then, you know, you have the, when you think about, I can do all these things, but what happens if I do the wrong thing? What happens if I go down this path and I miss? Because one of the main things about making a choice is that you are leaving other choices on the back burner. That's- or you are, a, you're, you're possibly like, you know, determining that you're, those choices aren't going to happen for you. Yeah. So that's one of the things about having a lot of choices is you have to figure out which one's the right one. And for a lot of people, that's really hard. For me, it's kind of hard to know that, like, I could do this and it could end up being amazing or I could do this and it could end up being terrible and I should have done the other thing. Yeah. Have, um, have, did either of y'all see the Mr. Nobody sci-fi mm, movie with Jared no. Leto, I think? Um, no. So... Spoiler alert! It's this movie, and it's I can't even I can't remember a lot of this stuff. Um, but you keep seeing this stuff happen, and it's as if you're watching three or four movies with the same characters go on at one time, and it's taking place over like hundreds and hundreds of years, but they're the same character. Um, and Jared Leto in one of the timelines is the oldest mortal living everyone else has switched over to being an immortal and he's the only one left that could die um and he's like really really fucking old because of life extension technologies and you find out at the end or towards the end that all of the movie is taking place when he's a little kid in his head because he refuses to quit thinking about the choice he could make so it's like all the different wives he could have and the different lives and careers and stuff and it's all like happening at once and uh I don't know like yeah I it's, it's pretty cheesy but that like but, that movie when I first saw it I was like whoa yeah that's definitely how I felt during that time period that's what I'm talking about though if it is as consuming with anxiety as it's been proposed then the observation of it or the ignoring of it doesn't stop the anxiety. Anxiety doesn't just stop when you're not thinking about it. There have been numerous times where I've been reading studies about general uh, about people with generalized anxiety, and they'll be in a grocery store and they'll experience that where they're just like, I, I don't know what to do. I, I have no idea. They're just paralyzed. But then there's also times. Oh yeah, I've had when that experience to a smaller degree. Yeah, but then there's also people with generalized anxiety and why it's so difficult to go with. And why we keep on seeing this weird, like the people always talk about, oh, well, generalized anxiety disorders are going up and depression's going up when 
a lot of the time it's just a matter of we're better at diagnosing it and also people have become become overwhelmed with something we don't know what it is but they've been overcome with something because there are people with a bunch of generalized anxiety disorders that will just be watching a tv show and then say that they're experiencing anxiety for no choice that they've made nothing they're focusing on no idea and whether that be us consciously having a flashback of like but what if i did this and not consciously being able to touch it and it being something else that could be going on or just a random neurological event we don't know well, we have I'm not no necessarily way of telling. talking about generalized anxiety because as far as i understand i don't have generalized anxiety but i know it's a, a kind of a common idea but that's what uh, I mean. The idea that. of choices making you feel anxious and anxiety in itself is not a bad thing. It's you're basically your body's warning. No, exactly. Yeah, that's that's what I was well saying when I meant like those. I don't know if that was during the recording or before it. With those terms being very specific, freedom and, and choice. Yeah. Okay. And the same thing with anxiety and nervousness. Anxiety would be. You're so flooded with choices that you reach this point of uh, one of the five responses, friend, fight, flight, freeze, or flop. One of those five. Usually women are friend or freeze, by the way. Weird. Uh, men are usually fight or flight. Uh, and flop is very rare. Um, but with those responses to whether it be a... You know, people say that it's, oh, that, that, that's the response to danger. Well, anxiety is the response to danger. And that's why you have people who get really anxious and then just run. Like, this is what they do. Right. With that being said, <clears throat> if you're not experiencing one of those forms of responses in some way, I don't know if you're actually overwhelmed about that choice or not. Because, again, you were experiencing a paralyzing effect, Adam, of freezing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. When you whether it be waking up in the morning and even I've experienced it where I've woken up and I've literally looked at two boxes of cereal and I did, I stood there for 10 minutes I have no idea what to do. And then there's also times where you have more serious things that happen and you're stuck with that response. But when it comes to choice and freedom feeling nervous about something or having that bit of doubt of did I make the right choice? can only, to me anyway, be done in retrospect, not in that moment of the choice or the possibility of that choice. What I'm saying is there's a difference between you waking up in the morning, grabbing two boxes of cereal, and standing there for a minute trying to decide what do I want, and later on in that day having an upset stomach and going, ah, oh, maybe I should have had the other cereal. Going back into your head and going, I should have made a different choice, isn't well, the same thing as being anxious about the infinity of choices. Hmm. May it might not be the same, I, but I think it is more related. Um, yeah, I do think it is related, but... So studies but, but have you, shown but you that see what I mean by two that. choices of cereal would actually leave someone really, on average, as a general person, not someone who ex- has a anxiety disorder, yeah. which I very well may. Um, I've never been diagnosed. I maybe not, uh, but I've experienced whatever. Um, two choices of cereal would be really good um, for people because they wouldn't have that much choice. Yeah, but. 10 choices of cereal would be they would most likely think that they chose the wrong one because however good it was it's not going to be perfect but the and point there is could have been one that was perfect there could have been one that was better but as well we don't know if the reason their stomach is upset in this scenario is because of the cereal it could have been because of the milk oh absolutely it doesn't matter but the, there's it's, still, it's, it's the it's psych- satisfi- it's not even so much it's a, a bad bad it's, for example you could have had a cereal that was perfectly good but the issue is that now you're thinking, man, maybe that other cereal was better. Right. But I'm saying that there, that's the difference. Is oh. Are we talking about active choices, choices we are currently making, or choices we have made? Because I those to me are two different concepts. I think it's active choices because the thing is that in the moment when you're making that choice, you're thinking, what happens if I pick something and it ends up not being good? And then when you when and then when you go and grab one, whenever if you do make a choice, that could reinforce the man, oh yeah, I was right, I should have picked something else. Right. It's as if it's like both. Yeah, it's the later 
thought of it is just like almost like an echo of the, the original like man I don't know what to choose that could be good or that could be good but what happens if I pick this one and that one's better or if what happens if I you know pick this one it's just garbage you know yeah. so like that you're having kind of um you have issues making that decision in the first place and then if you go back home and you eat it that whole thing is just like oh man maybe maybe the other one was better maybe I made a bad choice so, so. and it it's almost as if like the second time the echo is what makes you consciously realize your nervousness when picking it um in so you so, think about in, it later when you in go smaller make smaller again you're like oh last time I picked the wrong one yeah that, kind of reinforces that idea that you're making the wrong choice right now. I mean, that's, yeah, I kind of think that. I mean, and that's, of course, you're right, like, on this weird level of buying cereal, which isn't <laughs> really that, that important, important at all. But again, all. how many, like, when we get into, like, uh, another example of the same kind of thing in, a, in the supermarket is, like, the amount of times you see that cliche of somebody in a grocery store going to grab the same item at the same time and then they end up falling in love or whatever. That's oh, another no. but but that's another <laughs> that's another thing to think about is like you have these infinity of choices and depending on when you make the decision is important, but also more times than not when I've reflected on a decision, I don't remember being anxious about the decision. I don't remember there being a moment of pure like what do I do it was more so after I made the choice going no nah, that was just wrong hmm. and then having anxiety about it after not retros more retrospectively in, in than reminiscing right, right, about right. previous nervousness I'm not sure if that's mm. like I mean like when I go shopping I generally have a good idea of what I'm going to get I go I get that thing and I don't even look at other things I go in there and I'm like I'm gonna get this 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 and this I go I grab it I leave no, I get that, but that's Kaysen, all but, but Sarah is the kind of person that she, and I think that it ends up being a better kind of just looking at the different, like, you know, what's on sale, what's yeah. a better deal, what's going to be a better quality. She looks at all those things. Yeah. Me, I'm just really? like, I, 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 I know. But I already knew this, what I wanted. This, 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 um, if I go by my, if I go to the grocery store by myself and I sit and I actually need to make a choice about something, it sucks. Like, it, I just will sit at that, like, bread aisle and be like, well, this is, I like this bread, but this could also be better so, bread, and this could be good bread. But, well, I'm just getting all three I'm, breads. But that's what I'm saying when it comes to the idea of ownership, when it comes to things that are of physical value and not just, I decided to date this person instead of that person, or I took this offer at a job instead of that offer at a job. One, one of the, and this is going back into, you know, like, school years ago um, and I might totally just screw this up but I, I believe one of the major factors to whether a relationship will work or not is the um, availability of viable options so if you are dating a five and you could also get a, I, mean, I don't want to do number system but if you're dating someone He's objectively attractive. Level. Yeah, and then you can, you also feel as though there's a viable option to be with someone that is slightly more attractive. The likelihood of your original relationship working out is not is not gonna it's not gonna happen. So the uh, the availability of viable options, and it's not just like oh, there's other attractive people around. There's other attractive people around that you have the likelihood of getting with. Like you know, but I could get with that girl, and she'd be okay. Thing. You've already made a choice to be in a relationship with this person. You are now regretting or thinking about the choice that you made. That's the distinction I'm trying to make here is like when you're met with a choice head on of, again, if let's say you're looking for a new job or you're currently at a job and you're just putting in, I'm just going to put in some resumes, see what happens. You never know. I'm probably not going to get anything, but you know, I've always wanted to work here. They had to help one and sign, whatever. I'll throw in one. Once you get that call, you're not thinking, oh, well, in comparison to my other choices, I should do this because you already have a job. What you're thinking of is, was this job initially a good idea and is it what I should do tomorrow? Okay. But if you got, you put out resumes a bunch of places, you put out applications a bunch of places and you get three calls, you're not comparing, oh, 
well, let's compare this job that I'm currently with with this other job that I could potentially have. You're comparing these three jobs with how good they are because in your own mind, well, I already wanted to, you know, now that I have three options, forget about this current job. What's the best between these three? And then after you do that, then you go back to do the retrospective choice of do I leave this job anyway? What I'm talking about is the the choice between those three. That's the decision that you have to make. When you have these options before you, you have these viable options before you, what is the choice that I make? And for a lot of people, if there are 25 different jobs you can get that all have different benefits to them, that is an anxiety inducing in and itself. You're not going to just be like, you know, it's going to be easy to make the choice and you're going to go through, in some cases, you're going to make charts and graphs to figure out what is going to be the best option for you. And that in itself no, is anxiety. I understand so, that. So, but the situation you're in is you already have a job. Mm-hmm. You're going to, at least in, if, if you're a, a logical person, you're going to look at the, the offers you have, whether it's three or 300 is irrelevant. You're going to look at the offers you have and you're going to narrow it down probably to two. Whether you have five job offers, you're probably going to narrow it down to two job offers. And then... After you've compared them all together and you brought them down to, let's say, two choices, because that's what most people do. They're just trying. I would say most people do that. You don't agree that most people, when they have like a hundred options, try to bring it down to as few options no, as possible. My, so some, some people just don't make a choice at all. Yeah, a my lot of people I know. Don't my that's the thing is my understanding of the studies I read about this. Um, my understanding of my own experience is the more choices someone has, the more likely they're not going to, to make, make any decision. Um, that if you got a job, if you applied to one place and they were hiring, you'd be more likely to go to that place than if you applied to a bunch of places and got a bunch of callbacks. Um, it does seem kind of counterintuitive, but that's what the... No, I get that. What I'm talking about is in this ocean of choices, if we are going to make a choice, if, if you're not making a choice, I don't think that that counts as Well, that's definitely to a choice. It is a choice. <laughs> Freedom of choice! That's... <laughs> The absentness of choice is philosophically a choice. You're not making a choice. You're abstaining from a choice. That's like saying that's a choice. zero is still a number. It doesn't. It's it's nothing though. It's still nothing. <clears throat> infinity is a number, and infinity plus one is a bigger number than infinity. Yeah, you you have that paradox. But what I'm talking about is when you are going to make an active choice, not the objection to making a choice. But or, that's the problem. What's the problem? Is that you don't always make a choice, that sometimes it's daunting and often for people, and especially the more choices they have, and in today's society, we're getting more and more choices, even in mundane things like your no, I work get that. schedule. But even if we're going back to the grocery store idea, and you're in the bread aisle and you see all of these things, there's more than three kinds of bread casein. There's hundreds mm-hmm. of different loaves, and there's... 50, whoa, 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 20 whoa, whoa. different no, brands. There's three kinds of bread. <laughs> Hundreds of loaves. Loaves but, for me. But the thing is, even the packet you pick up is a packet in a bunch of different ones. Mm-hmm. You narrowed it down in your mind to fewer choices in, and still... In most cases, you narrow it down fighting a lot of things. Like I've I'm decided- not saying you're not fighting it, but I'm saying that when you are actively making a choice and you are going to start to make a choice, usually you narrow it down to fewer options. For sure, yeah, of but course. But the, the thing is, and I'm not talking about the narrowing it down to fewer choices, the, the, uh, the being faced with that decision in and itself is, is anxiety-inducing for a lot of people. It's stress-inducing. I should say anxiety. It's stress-inducing for most people. The process of narrowing it down is also stress-inducing for most people. And then in a lot of cases, a lot of people don't even make the choice because they, and, and what ends up happening is they go with the thing that is the most familiar to them and, you know, oh, I had that before. But that doesn't necessarily mean that's the best choice or they even feel that that's the best choice. It's just like, it's easier to pick what I'm familiar with than go with something that might be better because there's too many options. Uh, uh, Prego. I'm just going to go with Prego because I know Prego. I, whatever reason, an advertisement, I've had it before. I'm going to make that choice because it, it makes it easier to just make that choice than to actually go through a process of figuring out what's the best. 
Yeah. But most people, it's easier to go with the familiar than it is to actually. So and that's one of the things with consumer goods is that th- you're inundated with so many choices is that you don't necessarily make the decision of the product that's best for you, the best quality, the best whatever. You usually go with the familiar. No, I agree with you, but that's what I was trying to get at with the whole like you already like in the situation I was doing with the job situation of getting back all these letters. You already are at a job. You already have this decision that I'm going to show up to work in two weeks and still be working there in your head. You're familiar with this job. You've been doing it for however long you've been doing it. Your choice to leave that job is going to be a bit stress-inducing. I can see you there, but it's stress-inducing when you leave, when you're making the decision of do I leave more than trying to narrow it down, at least from whenever I've talked with people when it comes to you know jobs or relationships well, or like when we're making actual decisions that lead to where you are going to be in 10 years as superficial and stupid of a question that is when it comes to those kind of decisions when I talk with people on just a case by case individual basis when I ask them about oh what happened there oh I thought you were working there what happened usually or, or it's, it's a job that I know someone doesn't like. Why are you still working there? It's, oh, well, it's a job. I already put out some applications. I got some back, but, you know, it's just the same thing. So why would I go to a new job getting the same amount if I'm already familiar with this and I might get a raise? That's that familiarity. That famili- I can't say that word right now. Familiarity. That I'm talking about is the stress to me would be the actively making the choice, but the amount of choices you possibly have doesn't seem as stress-inducing when you're talking with somebody. Well, here's the Even thing. when they're actively the, making that there's choice. There's a couple things. People are really, really bad at recounting why they do something, usually. Um, and stress is one of those things that takes away cognitive resources so you don't think quite clearly in that decision-making process. And you might not even go back and be like, oh, why did I do that? Uh, no, because you didn't have all the resources you needed to make a logical choice. Um, But the whole thing that I was talking about in the beginning is just this idea that it seemed kind of silly to me that being able to do or make something what I wanted to make it caused me stress. It didn't make any sense. It seemed like it just should be something to be like, I can do what I want. That's amazing. Why am I not doing backflips right now? Why am I stressing out over this? Because it's something that should be, it's something that you feel like you should seek out. And I have it and it's stressing me out as opposed to making me happy. And I don't understand why that comes in. I don't think that stress is from, sorry to keep on going back to this, but I don't think that stress is from the choice. I think that stress is from the change. No, I don't know. I could see it. Um, I definitely see it. Uh, So I did some solo traveling across the U.S., um, mostly the Midwest and uh, New England region. And one of the things that got to me was this feeling a lot of the times of, shit, I could do anything. I'm in Chicago all by myself, don't know anyone here. I could, what, what? shit, what is my night going to look like? Um, And, I mean, I did a lot of cool stuff, don't get me wrong, but some of the, yeah, some of that time was filled with similar anxiousness of, like, feeling like, well, I could literally be doing anything. I could be having every experience. I could be a different person if I wanted to, you know, like, and that's, it was, it felt kind of maddening, and I had to retreat away from the possibility and narrow it doing down to other a thing. thing. Yeah, which was <laughs> something much more comfortable, but maybe and maybe com- comfortable. Wait, you looked at your choices good. and then narrowed them down? Yeah, but that's not but you're presenting <laughs> well, but, that like it's a good thing and we're I'm not saying it's a good thing, thing or a bad thing. I'm just saying that's choices, what they do. It's taking away the amount of choices and that makes it more comfortable. A lot of choices uncomfortable. One choice comfortable. I so agree the whole with process you. of narrowing it down makes it comfortable. The the fact that you had a bunch of choices is uncomfortable. So that's why you have to narrow it down. Why don't think you had to narrow it down because you're uncomfortable? A, it's like there's a difference between narrowing it down going, "All right, well those those three though, that's not really a good idea that." Uh, that's too much. Oh, that's not me. You know, and then being like, this is too much to fucking handle. Okay, um, I'm going to do this. Okay. Oh, yeah, I'm going to do this. All right. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to do this. You know, that's a big difference in like, 
no, I know, but I think that's, and... that more comes down to how you are as a person and how you perceive the choice yeah, than anything up, else. Dude. <laughs> but the other thing, what is the driver behind most human behavior? Discomfort. Well, I mean, behind almost all human behavior, in my opinion, is discomfort. Well, I mean, so yes, but what I was because I've been in a, a similar scenario. I had gone to a one-day music festival type thing where. The only thing I, the only two things I had was a ride to the venue and a ticket to get into the venue. I had no plan of action at how to go home. I had no friends that I knew of inside of the venue. I had no one at all who I could possibly know was there. Cell phone signal was terrible, so I had no way to check social media or really text anybody to see, hey, who's there? And yeah, for a moment I had that, fuck. But then, after this infinity of choices, I can I can run around up there and I can do. <clears throat> there's no point. I realized that there was no point in me. Oh, I can I can do that, or I can just fucking enjoy the music festival and then oh, whatever the fuck oh, happens happens. Well, yeah. Most but here's the thing: is most human stress and anxiety doesn't really have a point. It's just something that happens based on the no, stimulus. That. But the thing is, while I was enjoying the concert, I still was actively thinking about. All right. Well, after this set. In a way, actively, I guess, a little passively. I was thinking of two things at once, how great this concert is, and yeah, what am I going to do? But Well, I will say that's a form, uh, that's maybe a more mild form, but that's still, that's that anxiousness and that stress... Uh, but I didn't playing itself out. It is a la- It wasn't. I'm not trying to dis- diminish no, your know, but I didn't experience here. But anxious. But I felt you anxious did for if a you moment. were thinking about that other stuff during the concert. In a way, you were because you weren't fully experiencing the concert. But I'm was. not trying to diminish you. No, no, I know. I'm not saying that, but that's not because that, I've that been there in concerts. That wasn't. That wasn't, that wasn't like the thought dancing, process, though. But also thinking like about all this other shit, and retrospectively, I don't feel like I was there. Like but I've retro- been in concerts where I'm like. But retrospectively, what I mean by that is my thought pattern wasn't. Oh, this is really cool. All right, well, I can always just see if this friend is here. My thought pattern was, this is really cool. And then as I was doing that and experiencing it, once the song was over and there was that 10 seconds, I would just be like, oh, hey. And I would look around and I would meet friends randomly. Like, I ran into, like, 20 different people, but I still was there for the concert. Like, the one band that I didn't really want to see, because I've already seen them, like, three or four times, the neighborhood, I decided to just walk around for a bit. Well... I, that's really interesting. I don't know. I feel like that's I randomly ran either into a, somebody really who good I knew. on you, or I might have an a little more mental problems than I, I originally thought. But, but that was my that's point. awesome that you could do that. Uh, but that I've been consumed, like I yeah. said. In, but that's what I'm saying is there's a difference between being consumed by the choice um, and just relinquishing yourself to the choice. I don't necessarily think it's a cons- like a whole like you know I'm consumed by it. It's just the if whole you take fact more that there is yeah. If you take more than two minutes I'm, to decide, I'm rarely confused. I'm rarely like consumed by a lot of things. I mean, I, I feel like my whole superpower is basically being somewhat even keel. You know, like I don't. No, I can really get super Kaden. stressed out, and I don't really get super excited. I'm kind You're of playing like, a video game right now middle. without even looking at it, just talking, not looking like, at it. Like I'm not stressed out. I'm getting gold. <laughs> but again, that's the thing, though, is you still have that infinity of choice at any moment. Any mm-hmm. one of us three can just walk up, stop talking, turn on. Open the garage door and just yeah. walk out. That's a choice we can all make. Yeah. It's an infinity. But I don't think any of I us here. Slap you. Yeah. But I think that I the difference is that you don't necessarily when I'm walking into, um, you know, if I'm walking into, you know, this or recording space, um, there's only so many choices that I make. I'm not thinking. I could do about a the absurd ones. Things I'm thinking. I could do these three things. So I think that if I started to dwell on the idea that I could do a million things, I would probably just kind of be standing in the corner being like, okay, what am I going to do? But I come in with a purpose. I come in with an idea of these are the things I'm going to do, and it's already narrowed down. If I started to think, okay, if I started to kind of like process through my day and think about all the choices that I could make on a regular basis, um, 
I don't know how much how functional I'd be. On but a that's regular basis, I'm, I'm narrowing down, yeah. narrowing down, narrowing down, narrowing down. But I'm not dwelling on the choices. I'm like, I could do this, I could do this. I'm already like kind of. But that's what I mean it. about how quickly we make decisions all of the time don't think about them even though we have so many choices oh. that could be made it's not until we retrospectively look upon them that we realize if if or if we were not overwhelmed by a choice I how think, many you, I you, think the difference is for example when you're walking when you're when you're like doing anything like for example you walk into the recording space are you faced with there are four different doors you could walk into. Are you faced with two or three or different paths that you could walk up to this computer? Are you faced with eight different computers? Are you faced with ten different microphones? No. You're faced with very small choices. You go to a grocery store and you look at 85 different brands of you know spaghetti sauce, that's a, a monster of choices. On our regular no, I know, so but I think so here's a, a, I, got, I got a couple studies that I uh, saw that were really interesting to me. The first one to come with our grocery store theme was they did samples um, where they were selling samples out on the street and they had 24 jams um, and all these people, you know, that actually that stand collected more people, but only three percent of them uh, bought that tried jams, bought the jam, bought a jam. Then they uh, did it later, same place, you know, blah blah. Six people um, or six jams out there, and thirty percent of the people that tried jams bought jams. And then the other one was a company that. Um, raised its options that it offered for like stock investments and stuff um, from 5 to 50 and they saw a 10% decrease when they expanded the options for people to invest in um, because they looked at it and they were like but those are all uh, consumer goods um, well, I mean, your company, that, yeah, that's more like but, your whole fucking life and your retirement. Is, <laughs> but the thing is, you also have to look at the fact that in that world, in the investment world, someone could look at that and go, wow, there's so many choices, and then be overwhelmed by it. But then the second you step back from your investment in that company, you then have to look at the, what, over 500 different well, companies that are world, currently being traded in the investment just world. Just should Wall be Street. A, a more diversified portfolio is actually a better thing. So more options should be a better thing for your investment portfolio. Yeah. Um, and that, but that's, I mean, what that's I'm, just my well, very limited, but that's, limited knowledge. That's where I'm getting stuck here is like, if you're talking about consumer goods, yeah, there's all these, like you, you have this stupid quote from Bernie Sanders that do you really need 30 different kinds of mouthwash? It's like, no, but the fuck does it matter if there's 30 different kinds of mouthwash? Well, so a lot of the studies, the um, like psychologists and stuff that were doing studies on these, funny enough, are from ex, uh, like ex um, Cons- Eastern Bloc. Okay. Um, and their stories are of their noticing their parents, because um, a lot of these people were kids when communism fell, and noticing how fucked up their parents got going to stores and stuff like that. And bread was the biggest example. Um, I saw this guy give a speech, and he was like, my mom, you know, I remember her coming home and being pissed off and throwing the bread on the counter and said, when I was uh, a girl, you would go to the baker and get a loaf of bread. Now I go to the store and there's a whole shelf of bread. What am I supposed to do with all this bread? And like, you know, and that being, so when people go from this, like two or three mouthwashes to 30 mouthwashes, when you actually see a big change like that, you can notice the no. increase of stress. In our world, I, it's a little bit no, harder I to know. notice all that stress. We internalize it. But that's and, what I'm talking about with the idea of change. The fact that you're stressed out about what schedule you could possibly do in the infinity of exactly how you want to set up your schedule for the week. Because, I mean, if, if you're somebody who, who codes for a company, you can work at 2 in the morning until 5 a.m. if that's the schedule you want to do. You could work from 5 to 6, take a 3-hour break, work from 9 to 10, and then take a 30-minute break, and then continue from 10.30 to 2 in the morning if that's what you wanted to do with your time. But if you were used to that, if that's the schedule you've always had, the infinity of choices you could make for your schedule wouldn't be that big of a deal, but you transitioning from having such a set schedule to you making your own schedule, to me, is where the stress is coming from. Here's, here's, the change. Uh, here's my answer to that. The change 
isn't necessarily the issue because you're going from when you first got there you had all the choices now that you've narrowed it down to your set choices it's not stressful when you go to a point where you have all the choices it's stressful you narrow it down to your set choices not stressful so that's the way i'm looking at it like when when you go when i go to my when i first went to my job and i i I had i could do all of this stuff it was a little overwhelming. Once I got into my groove and I figured out exactly what I was doing, I made choices and now I am set with those choices. Those choices have been made. So I'm not making a lot of choices anymore. I've already made them and I'm just following them through. Now that I've gone back to having all the choices, it's gonna be stressful until I narrow it down and I start following the path of the choices that I've made. A bunch of choices makes me stressed out. When I've decided what I'm gonna do, I've made those choices and I'm following through with those choices, that's not stressful. This is why I um I pretty much I eat a cup of Greek yogurt or a protein bar in the morning. I have two choices. I can grab yogurt or a protein bar depending how I feel that day. And I no longer make grits or oatmeal or cereal. Maybe on the weekend well, you're when not I'm not allowed to say you're from Tennessee anymore if you don't make grits. <laughs> well, just, I'll make grits on just, the weekend. Okay. Don't get me wrong. I'm like, I made I'm pretty some sure cheesy grits with uh, can of butter the other day. I was about to say if you don't make grits out. at least three times a month, you can't say you're from Tennessee. <laughs> that's one of the things like with kids. Like they say like. Um, and and what, I, full disclosure, I don't have any kids. I have a, a awesome none niece, of us. And do. now I have a second amazing niece that was none just that we born know of. yesterday. But but I, I mean, love those kids to death. But you don't give them five choices. You're like you're gonna have a banana, <laughs> you know, because then they're like, oh, I'm happy with the banana. If you give them like a bunch of choices, and they, you know, they're always gonna be, oh, I got this one. I now I, want I just that. want them all. Yeah. But here's here's the thing though. That's an issue of our internalization of ownership more than the amount of choices. For instance, there was a study where somebody, I forget, they were helping a research team, and the research team gave them the choice of a reward. You could have either a mug or chocolate, one of the two. You could pick whatever you want. No one stopped you. You just had two choices. But... They also did a study where they took, you know, the same amount of kids, but instead of giving them the choice, they just gave them the chocolate bar and then presented them with the ability to switch or just presented somebody else with a different reward of, oh, you get a mug, and then asked, oh, do you want to trade? And only 11% of them wanted to trade, of all of them. But that's what I'm saying is... If you're presenting them with choices, they're less likely to trade. We're talking about children. They're way too impulsive to have accurate studies of. But when it comes to adults... Well, also, the thing there would only be two. So, like, the idea is that's not... That's an okay. The no, smaller number is okay. If they were given a choice between 10 or 15 or 20 rewards, they would probably want to trade much more. I mean, that's, I mean, I don't but, know. Obviously, I haven't done I mean, that we, study. They can try to run that study again. But again, like, the, the issue of ownership gets involved when it comes to consumer goods, which is what I was, like, trying to get the distinction of. Because when it comes to consumer goods, things that we own, things that are ours, humans have a very hard time letting them go and sometimes deciding them because they're so important to us because we are going to own these. Well, here's the thing, though. I don't... I don't necessarily know if that works because you see the same kind of thing when it comes to like relationships or picking who you're going to date. Um, you know, that's kind of running rampant now with like, you know, Tinder and a lot of those things is that oh that choice the death of love. makes it so that people don't necessarily make a choice. They're just like, eh, this is it. they just kind of like try. Mm. They take the falling out of falling in love. Yeah. And so, and then you also look at it from, from another standpoint that like people now just don't really make a full commitment to anything because if you decide then that everything else is not a possibility for you so like that i I think that like looking at you know millennials and stuff like that of you know where we're going with like streaming and all this other stuff is that you kind of get to sample a little bit of everything and not actually make a a solid choice on anything yeah but if that's the case then why is it that in the face of all of these choices when Kendrick Lamar's album people still decided to listen to damn 10 million times in a weekend instead of listening to the music they're already listening to so, so you're saying with, with Kendrick Lamar, so people are well, choo- I, people are making a, instead of like going through the the 
a bunch of different choices, they just pick one. So they've narrowed no. their choices down? I'm not saying they narrowed their choices down. I'm talking about when I opened my phone on Google Play and was scrolling through the trending, and it just goes through. Kendrick Lamar popped up as I'm scrolling through all these different artists. As I'm scrolling through, well, I want to say there's about 15 different rappers who were in that I line. I have about Who had dropped 20, albums in that week. Probably 25 different Pandora stations. I only listen to the Minus the Bear station. I when I look through the Pandora stations, like I don't. I'm like I'm maybe Minus the Bear. Like but, I just I, I just I would rather go to something that familiar and I know I like than go through the unstressed dare dare I say of looking through all my possible other radio stations. I let me let me check how many songs I have <laughs> on my Google Play library because I want to say it's creeping at three thousand right now. Of just do you, songs do you that, go through on a regular basis and pick individual like do you, or do you still let play? We just yeah, uh, yeah. auto play or do you, I I have like no what I'm these, saying but do you like if a song stops do you go through and pick another song and go through and pick another yeah, or do you just let day. it play depending on the day yeah wow. I will I I like one of the things <laughs> I actually like about Google Play is the fact that I can grab a song mm-hmm. and then as I'm playing that song construct a playlist of whatever songs you, I sir, want you are the anomaly. I don't. I, I mean, sometimes I'll do that and play DJ, but not for very, not for I don't do that very long. Often. Yeah, amounts. and usually, and honestly, it's just me picking different. It's actually, you know, me making a bunch of little choices. Yeah, narrowing it down, and then that's. My but list. I don't. I don't really like. I like that's why I have like three thousand songs. <clears throat> just that, and that's just the music that I own. By the way, that's not. And Google right, Play right. has I'm millions more. As, well, the society that we live in tells us that we need, like, choices are the greatest. We need to have as many choices as possible. We need to have as much stuff as possible. But what we are seeing in a lot of these studies is that the choices create a level of anxiety for people. So we're given, you're given, it, we're, we live in a consumer-based society. So the whole point of being pushed to own more stuff and have more choices is not necessarily our own. It's something that's being pushed on no, us I get by that. Or different organizations so, that I'm want to spend I'm just disagreeing about when you get that. that. I'm just disagreeing about when you feel, when, when you get that emotion of stress while you're doing it or in retrospective looking back on the uh, like the infinity of choices you could have made because again and we feel it's both because we've experienced both I just I don't think that I've experienced many times where I've been standing somewhere and I've been overwhelmed by the amount of choices I decided to just not get something before but you know it wasn't because I was overwhelmed it was just like I saw the choices that I'm just like whatever and I just decided to just not whether it be not deal with it or just not put it back, but I didn't experience stress during that when it came to consumer goods. There's a couple things I have to say about that. Number one, and I, I think I said this before, people are very, very bad at going back and remembering how they felt in a situation or recounting memories in general. I think we should do an episode. Uh, next episode, I propose we do something on memory because I've been watching a lot of like studies and doing like watching a lot of videos and reading studies on memory. Memory is so freaking malleable. They have like people that basically go in and be like, have a conversation, and they'll talk about like how uh, police officers have done this, maybe um, not purposely, but they'll create. Oh, you, you this guy in a hat. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember a guy in a hat. A guy in a hat never existed, but the the I way mean, that yeah, they ask had, questions. Oh, I mean, yeah, the like mentalists and stuff. That's what they do. Memory. Yeah. So I think that I, I would like I, to go I, in I and explore the there, idea. But I think that, I mean, just to reference a movie that I love, Inside Out, makes a very good point of how memories are tainted with emotion and yes they can change you can reflect on an emotion that was once happy with someone who was someone you loved at the time and then in retrospect go back and it's sad because you're no longer with that person and yeah you might change how you were but the feelings you were experiencing in that memory yeah sometimes they change but it's very rare for the emotion of the situation to change if the emotion of the memory is fearful you're going to continue to remember yourself as afraid. Mm, whether you mm. whether you view yourself as afraid retrospectively going back as like I was afraid but I shouldn't have been is a different different thing. Right. That's well Barry Schwartz. Barry Schwartz was one of the okay. I looked at some of his stuff too, yeah. Um so yeah, and I think this is one of the things he said. I guess this is despite our disagreements well, ultimately, a lot of the things that we're saying and concluding, or what I think Barry Schultz said was uh, that 
our society is fabricated on the idea that freedom leads to happiness. Happiness is the best thing and we should aim for it. And that more choices equal more freedom. And what Kaysen and I very strongly feel, what studies show, what you kind of agree with, but a little bit you have your differences, is that that is a false paradigm and that choices don't make us happy and I think ultimately like you're saying too Zach is that choices don't really equal freedom either that that's not a full um com- like uh complimentary idea sure choices can be part of freedom having zero choices is on freedom <laughs> but adding choices doesn't necessarily make you more, more free um yeah no it's just like if you have five percent of a latte you still have a latte <laughs> if, you, if you keep on adding more ounces of latte you don't you don't subtract the fact that you're still having a goddamn latte um and memories are really tricky and we'll talk more about that yeah so um this is Kason. i'm zach and i'm adam we're across the aisle